There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be-award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. You know, I'm reminded, listening to that, I still owe a gentleman who reached out to me with the correct answer as to who that is. I still owe him a Minnesota Sports Chat prize package. That will be on the way. My apologies for the delay. That, of course, former Democratic presidential candidate Howard Dean, all excited about Minnesota Sports Chat. The 174th edition of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Available on Apple, Spotify, PodMN, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts, including YouTube now. Yeah, you can see this ugly mug on YouTube. Just search Minnesota Sports Chat. Daniel House from Gophers Guru and Vikings Corner makes his now almost monthly appearance on the pod in just moments. As we get going on this 174th edition, yes, that obligatory reminder to please rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple and Spotify. Please tell your family and friends, too. That would be much appreciated and really does go a long way in growing this little pod. And if you're consuming Minnesota Sports Chat via the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your pods. Housey at Daniel House NFL on the Twitter slash X machine. How you been, my guy? I'm ready for camp. Starts next week, so first press conference with P.J. Fleck and then uh, Vikings camp, everything in between. It's football time and ready to rock. House and I got out golfing a few weeks ago, and we're just going to gloss over that we went golfing because it was, without a doubt, my worst round of golf in a decade, but the company was second to none. Some would say I hit a hole-in-one with the company on the course. That would be you, (laughs) Daniel House. What a great guy. It was fun to get out to good old Rolling Oaks in Barron, Wisconsin. Good to get back out there. So thank you for playing tour guide and host for a day. We will not speak on the golf. Is that okay? That's okay. I, I'm getting used to my brand new club. So I got a I, I had a little bit of an excuse, but we'll see if uh we'll see if I can play better next time. I haven't had a chance to play as much golf, but Well, it's also been 140 degrees out almost every day, and that's not a ton of fun to be out in. So <laughs> Uh, Housey, uh, let's start here. This clip is a little elongated, but it lends some pretty good context to a piece from front office sports discussing some perhaps wrongdoing and toxicity of the Golden Gopher football program. P.J. Flack met the media yesterday at Big Ten Media Day. I think it was Thursday. Maybe it was Wednesday. We're recording this On a Friday morning, this audio actually comes courtesy of our friends at Fox 9. Be patient. It's a bit lengthy, but it does lend, I think, some good um, info and intel on what exactly came from that article. This is PJ responding to something called the Fleck Bank. I wonder if their interest rates are better than what I'm currently getting. Fleck Bank. Uh, mostly used in 2017 and 18 was an analogy in a team meeting talking about 
the more you invest into a program, the better experience you're going to get out of it. And as a head football coach, when you come in and you don't know anybody, right, the guys that do really good things are going to have a really good experience. If you're not doing all the right things, you're probably not going to have a great experience. There was no currency ever exchanged. There was no coins that ever existed. It was an analogy simply to explain investment for life, a life lesson of investment, simply that. No one ever got out of any type of uh, punishment for that. And just so everybody knows, in punishing our football team, that word punishing, in fact, our athletic department has taken over our disciplinary type actions. Uh, we do not use physical activity to discipline our players at the University of Minnesota, and we have never done that. Our players do things like they wake up early and clean the weight room. And whatever you did, you watch a video on that. If you were late to class, you watch a video on tardiness. You then write your professor a letter. Those are the disciplines we actually have within our program, that our athletic department changed their policies and made sure that no physical activity of any sport could be used as punishment based on what we created as a football team. A slightly more context to that uh, quote or answer from P.J. Fleck, the front office sports story refers to, I guess, allegations from unnamed sources, former Gopher football players, on their perceived issues within the Minnesota Golden Gophers football program. I encourage everybody to actually read that article. If you haven't, I will post it with this show in the show notes. Uh, Daniel, to me, it's a lot to do about nothing. I'm not saying maybe there aren't things that have happened or maybe there are things going on behind the scenes. I don't know. I've just never seen any real credible evidence that any such issues exist that would even be on a one one hundredth of the level of what was happening at Northwestern. This entire story to me, I don't like using this term, but it's the only term that I can use that I think most people will understand. A lot of clickbait to it because nothing in that article was things that we haven't heard before. And we know PJ's a little bit different. The most ridiculous thing, I think this is to me the article I don't, again, I don't even want to say baseless because he's the, he and the football program is not for everybody. But I think most people who read the article think the most ridiculous thing in there is the standing and cheering for PJ as he enters the room. Okay, that's only ridiculous and funny. There's nothing wrong with that, even if that is true. So uh, this entire article, I encourage people to read it. I think the reason why it took off and gained some traction this week really has nothing to do with the Golden Gopher football program. It has everything to do with the current landscape of college football coming off of and currently what is still happening with the Northwestern football program and at Northwestern University. Yeah, and I thought the player response was pretty telling throughout this whole thing where Twitter, you go pull it up and you see all the current and a mix of former players in there as well, talking about their experience at the U. And I've been around the program, talked to a lot of people uh, a lot over the course of nine years being around the program. And so I was there for two years of the Kill Clays era and then uh, all of the PJ Fleck tenure. And I can tell you that players talk overwhelmingly about the impact the program's had on them. I've done a lot, a lot of interviews and even not even interviews, but just general conversations with players, people around the program, uh, people that, you know, have a very good pulse on what Minnesota does as a program. And they're going to tell you point blank that 
you know, this this program's not for everybody because the expectation level is high in every aspect, like academics, community service, uh, getting it done on the field, uh, you know, being a good teammate, all of those things that, you know, you want to learn and grow in as, as an individual, you're going to get it at Minnesota and Fleck does it in a different way that, you know, some people might not align with, but that's where the transfer portal comes into play. And if, you know, you want to find a better fit, you have that opportunity now. And, you know, we don't, the, the players were anonymous in the article, but, you know, there's definitely, you know, a sense of this story continues to come out around this time every year. Uh, there's de- definitely some themes of it that we continue to hear quite frequently. But those themes, House, I think go back to something that you just kind of touched on there in the end. There's really nothing illegal or unethical about it or over the line to me. These are things that I think in the recruiting process you're made fairly well aware of. Yeah, I think you hear things, and then when you see it for the first time, sometimes there might be buyer's remorse. But to your point, Daniel, that is where now, more so than ever, it's a heck of a lot easier for an 18, 19-year-old kid or maybe somebody who's been in the program for a couple years to say, and you know what, this just isn't for me. I'm going to transfer out and go somewhere else. And my big problem with the article, go back to the Northwestern situation. A lot of those kids put their names to it. I continue to have a big problem with articles and pieces where nobody's willing to put their name to it. Tell me, who are you? What was your what was your problem? And I, I does it change it? I don't know if it does. But I think it's a little bit easier to maybe give a half truth or not the full truth if you don't have to put your name to it. And I'm not alleging that that's what happened here. But when you don't put your name to it, it makes it a lot easier to make and jump to conclusions that that could easily have happened here. And look, Daniel, you know me. I I have ripped PJ plenty of times on this podcast. I would say I'm... PJ agnostic. You know, I'm I'm very uh, I lean being pro PJ, but there are things that bug me, but I don't care. It's not for me. It's for the kids that he's recruiting. I care about wins and losses, and at the end of the day, he's won here a heck of a lot more than most coaches have. That's what I care about. Yes, I do care that you're going to class, that you're being a good person. I do care that the kids, as Jerry Kill used to say, they're not getting mistreated. I do care about all that stuff. But once again, Daniel, to your point, there's a story every year about P.J. Fleck and the culture at University of Minnesota, and I just don't think people ever understand. You're not comparing this culture to other college football cultures. It really is its own culture, so it's not fair to look at it. And oh, by the way, it's not fair to look at it the same as others. Oh, but And again, do we honestly think that Nick Saban is running the cleanest program where he's not going above and beyond and asking a lot of his kids and taking disciplinary action. I just think a lot of this is much to do about nothing. And it's it's really unfortunate that it comes around this time every year. And, and at some point, if there's actual substantive, 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 what do, how do I say that? How's you're a lot smarter than I am. Substantial. Thank you. If there's actually evidence like that, let's see it versus, oh, he's just a bit of a nut job. We all know it. He is a bit of a nut job. He is who he is. 
he, he the perceived nut job by me. He says that all the time. He's not for everybody. So I don't know. It actually gets a little annoying to see these pieces every year. If there's actually stuff wrong, show it to me. If that's the best you can write once a year, then don't even print it because it's been done before. Yeah, I I, I can just speak on what I know about players I've spoken with, players I've talked with over the years, being around the program, hearing stories that maybe don't even get out there about some of the things that players have, you know, been impacted by through the program that, you know, it it's unique. They do things a very different way than anybody else. And sometimes that doesn't align with the expectation level of some kids. And, you know, the, the ones that buy into it and really like what, you know, the culture is all about, they have success. And I think there's been a lot of success stories in, in Minnesota's program recently when you go back and look at, you know, not just the NFL, but where people are at in their careers. And they had a monster alumni event, Ross, recently where they had about 150 guys back across all eras. And I was talking to a few different alums from, from various eras, and they were speaking about how Flex doing a very nice job of bringing everybody together, having networking opportunities. They had a networking event recently where the players could interact with uh, football alums that were out in the you know community and uh, had different careers in the Twin Cities. So there's been a, a bridge created between alumni and the current players as well. And I've heard those players have told me they really enjoy what the program has to offer in that area. And they get to be around it quite a bit to see what's going on. Yeah, last bit on this piece for me, and we'll move on to a few other college football topics or at least talking points. I don't have any actual real evidence in front of me of what weekly suspensions look like, uh, but P.J. Fleck has talked about this over the last few days. I can tell you, Daniel, there have been many games that I've shown up to, and you realize a player is down that day, a starting player, and it has nothing to do with injury. It's complete disciplinary action. And from people that I talk to and hearing things from you, that disciplinary action is not things like, oh, player talked back to me. You know, there's generally a pretty good reason as to why somebody is sitting, and it has nothing to do with making a point or any type of physical abuse. It's more about this is how we do things at this program, either uh, – fall in line and get in line or get out. And it's been that way from day one. So I, I just, I, I read the piece. I, I don't think it's it's a bad piece to write. I just think the timing of it coming out, people had to know that it was going to take off because of what's happening at Northwestern. And we're hearing stories predictably about other universities and other programs. And it brings me to this point with you, Daniel. Can you think of a time in the last handful of years maybe decade or so, where we have went into a college football season with so many talking points that have nothing to do with college football. We have expanded college football playoff coming. We have conferences still changing. It appears Colorado will be back on the move to the Big 12. Great. They never should have left. I'm happy about that. We're still trying to figure out what to do with NIL. And oh, by the way, there's a few teams in the SEC, Alabama and Georgia, that appear primed to make national championship runs again. But we're talking less about the actual football and more about the stuff off the field. Is this good for college football? Is it bad for college football? Like, how do you view all this stuff? I, I, 
I tend to think in a weird way it's kind of good because people are talking about the sport aside from the scandals. I'm talking about the conferences, the playoff, and the name, image, and likeness. I, I think it's it's good that eyes are on the sport and that people are talking about it, but we do kind of need to get some answers to some of this stuff and get back to just football and enjoying the games on Saturdays. There are a lot of new changes. The landscape is so different than it was when I started being around it nine years ago. I was sitting down the other day going, man, when I first started covering the Gophers in college football nine years ago, some of these storylines were never even just thought about. Here's how much the game has changed, House. When you first covered the Gophers, the players were Keeds. Now they're Halfers. That's how much the game has changed. (laughs) Yeah, it's changed a lot in, in that sense. But, you know, I look at it as there are a lot of opportunities for college sports to retool. And some of these things that were rolled out weren't quite ready to be rolled out. There wasn't a clear, distinct plan in how to do these things at the at the best, highest level to benefit the players and take care of, you know, the interests of the coaches and to make sure that they're not, you know, getting pushed to the brink where I, I've talked to a lot of coaches that, I mean, it's unbelievable what the schedule looks like right now due to the portal and how frequently guys can hit it. They don't know what their roster looks like. So you're not only doing the recruiting of the four-year stuff, you're also recruiting your own roster on a day-to-day basis. And then in the second transfer portal window, nobody's talking about this, but you bring players in in that second portal window, they don't have any spring ball. So they come in here and you got to try to get them up to speed immediately on culture stuff. You got to get them up to speed on the scheme the get chemistry with the players understand, you know, how they do things on a day-to-day basis. So that landscape changes. And then you mentioned realignment. I see a lot of change coming soon. I'm watching what's going on in the ACC. There are schools frustrated with the current distribution of money there. Uh, Grant of rights contracts through 2036, big 12's grant of rights contracts through 2032. So my take is you see all these articles out here about expansion of the ACC. I don't see anybody going into the ACC right now with that grant of rights contract running through 2036. The Big 12 will be ahead of the ACC in these negotiations. So I think that sets the Big 12 up for maybe a potential advantage. I would watch closely for Florida State potentially being a team that wants to try to get out of the ACC. They're going to have to pay a big grant of rights. Uh, exit fee. But the way things are heading right now in terms of revenue, uh, there is frustration among some of those schools. They're worried, Ross. They are worried because there's a big gap developing between the uh, Big Ten SEC and the ACC. And how do you bridge that gap when your you know, grant of rights contracts runs through 2036? Uh, it's the ACC's at a point where they're going to have some decisions to make here on the future. Pure hypothetical here, Daniel House. There's been zero talk about this. So just to be clear on that zero talk, but pure hypothetical with the ever changing landscape of college football. If the University of Minnesota ever left the Big Ten slash 11 slash 12 slash 14 slash 16, where would they wind up? I feel like if they left for some reason, I think the Big 12 makes some sense just because of geography and the teams that are in that conference, some familiarity, and heck, 
in three, four years, I might be clamoring for the Gophers to find a new conference if those top-heavy teams continue to dominate, especially with the addition of USC, and we'll see about UCLA, how well that translates. Would the Big 12 be a potential home for the Gophers if they left the Big 10 and perhaps, perhaps maybe the American? I don't know. I'm just talking out loud here. Yeah, I, I don't even see a scenario where they're ending up in a different spot. But if they it's a, did, it's a I hypothetical. Say, I would say Big 12 if they did, but Mac, I, I don't see Some it. action? Some Tuesday night action? <laughs> There's about a 0.01% probability of that one. Wouldn't that? The Gophers would likely win the Mac 90% of the time. Probably maybe even more than that. I, I'm excited for action. Get to watch my guy Kenny Burns yes. this year. Kent State, baby. Let's go. Yeah, and we'll do more of a go for football deep dive with Daniel probably mid to late August leading up to the Gophers and Huskers. We'll try and get James Murphy on the horn, too, and do a Score North Gopher Show reunion. Before we get to all of that, little Beans Coffee talk as I'm showing off my mug for those watching on YouTube. I'm showing off my mug and my mug. <laughs> Quick caffeinated shout out to my good friends at Beads Coffee Company for supporting Minnesota Sports Chat. They've been supporting the pod for over a year now. Thank you so much. Beans Coffee Company, they truly do have a blend for everybody. Light roast, dark roast, medium roast, even a caffeine-free roast. You name it, they have it. Check out all the blends at coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. There you can order by the bag. You can set up a subscription. All orders of $35 or more ship for free. That's an important note. This is simply delicious and delectable coffee. It truly is some of the best coffee you will ever have. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's SPORTSCHAT at checkout. You'll save a little bit of cash. Coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Get yourself some delicious coffee. A house, I will have some on the way to you here shortly. So you uh you be Ooh. ready for that. Uh I'm do you ready. need do you need a whole bean or already ground? What can I set you up with? Already ground is what what is money okay. because then I'm gonna make I'm gonna make cold brew because I'm a cold okay. brew guy. I'll be getting that cold brew uh set up, brewed. Uh, that that's definitely my go-to. Well, you and Manny Hill are the leaders in the clubhouse as far as appearances on Minnesota Sports Chat, so I got to take care of you here eventually. <laughs> so I will get you. I will get you some coffee to stay well caffeinated during the football season when you're covering both the Vikings and Gophers. It's been a little while since we've done this. Let's do a little house maintenance. <laughs> One is serious. One is kind of fun. Let's go back to uh, Northwestern and hazing and even the allegations of a toxic culture at the University of Minnesota. Daniel House, you're overseeing the NCAA or the governing body that will oversee the NCAA or college football, college athletics down the line. How are you solving any form of hazing? And I think the real issue here, Daniel, is what technically qualifies as hazing? Because I would say uh, dudes having to do naked things in the shower, that's hazing. I would say having to carry the quarterback's books for a couple days, maybe it's hazing, but it's on a completely different level and largely harmless. So how are you solving hazing 
in college athletics? It all starts in the program. I would I would have a mentorship program. I know the U does this with the football players in their program where a senior player is paired up with a freshman right away. And then th- those players help guide them through all the different things that they're doing academically, getting to class, understanding what they got to do uh, in the classroom and then community service and, you know, what goes on in the program. And then, you know, there's a group of players that are a part of a, like a leadership council that meets with the head coach. And so you got to foster an environment where, you know, those players are communicating what's going on uh, with the team, expressing any concerns, uh, talking about players who, you know, maybe uh, need some resources that aren't saying anything. Like you got to have a pulse on your team by being actively involved, but also empowering your players to create that environment. And that just starts by laying out individually across the country. Each program has to have their own way of doing it to ensure that everybody's having a a positive experience and isn't in a situation where there are things going on that shouldn't be. Uh, That starts with the administration, the coaching staff, you know, everybody involved with the program to say something if there's anything going on, you know, reporting process. I still think the entire thing is very sticky, though, because what I view as potential hazing might not be what Daniel House views as potential hazing. What I view as hazing might not be what the incoming freshman views as hazing. So I, I think it's it's tough. We live in a world where we want everything to be black and white, but newsflash, most stuff isn't black and white. So I just truly don't know how you handle it outside of some of the stuff that you brought up, Daniel, being very clear ahead of time, what are your standards, what the expectations are, and what you're being asked to do. And yes, with the obvious exception of things that are abusive or sexual in nature, are probably legitimate hazing. So I would largely agree with what you brought up. We'll we'll end here on house maintenance and we'll leave the podcast here. So quick story. As you know, I think most of the uh, listeners know, I am uh, I'm diabetic. Things can change on a whim. You know, sometimes you need mm-hmm. to eat and you didn't expect that you have to eat or you had to eat. This came up yesterday largely as I'm tooling around town picking up some stuff for Score North. I'm driving around town and I'm going in and out of the heat and, you know, this is a mistake on my part. I wasn't thinking so much about, oh, you're walking a few blocks in the heat. It's probably going to zap the sugar out of you. So as the day goes on, I realize, ah, darn it, I don't really have any lunch or any substantial food with me. I need to get some food to eat because I'm starting to plummet here, okay? I need food and I need it quick. So I decide, well, I'll just what I brought for lunch today that's back at the office, Daniel, I'll have for dinner. I'll just stop and get a crappy lunch. And yes, as much as I try and avoid it, it was a convenient lunch. I went to one of my favorite stops. I went to a pirate's favorite fast food joint, Arby's. (laughs) And I I picked up the chicken cheddar bacon melt with curly fries and a diet cola to get that blood sugar back up. Okay. House. I paid almost $12 for that. I could have went almost Jeez. any I could have went to almost any chain restaurant, almost any mom and pop restaurant and paid about the same price or slightly more for better food. I don't expect you to solve inflation. But what I do <laughs> in- expect you to solve here during house maintenance is get these fast food convenience food prices back in order Daniel House. How are you fixing it? 
in-house maintenance. Fix these fast food prices. Well, you know, that that's an issue that's far above my pay grade. <laughs> but I would say you you just need to focus on trying to make your own meals. That's where you save money yes. is when you can when you can plan ahead, pack ahead and not have to to do that. But you were in an emergency situation. You had no choice. Which those that know me know I do that. I got a couple good friends who listen to this podcast almost every week. They know who I'm talking about. I'll apologize to them on air. I can't tell you how many times I don't do things with them because it's a it's a cost thing, right? Where I'll tell them, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And sometimes legitimately going out to eat or going for adult pops is one of them. Why would I buy three or only one because it's only one? No. Why would I buy a couple, two or three adult pops at a Twins game for 50 bucks when for 50 bucks I can buy like three cases of beer? You know, there's just no, <laughs> there's just no reason to do that, at least at least in my mind. But no, and, and I get it. Like, in all honesty, the price is the price. But I'm old enough, Daniel, to remember when you could walk into Subway and you could get four or five footlongs for five or six bucks. There was even the song, $5 footlong. Okay? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, before I go on vacation, I stop to uh, stop at a Subway. And I get a footlong Black Forest ham and I get one cookie. That was also over eleven dollars. I'm like, your subway. How? How? I just, I, I get it, and also at the same time, I don't get it. But it's probably more of a me issue than a them yeah. issue. Daniel, where can people find more work on the Gophers and even the Vikings if you'd like? And what's what's going on in Houses World and at GophersGuru.com? GophersGuru.com, $5 a month, get you access to all the content. Got features on several players, Danny Strigow, Tyler Newbin, uh, Nathan Bow, Ja Joyner, you name it. They're going inside their mindsets for the season, how they're preparing, things they worked on this offseason. And talking about the chemistry of this team, that was an underlying theme that I heard and I saw a lot of. You know, you can get a vibe of how team makeup is and in, in chemistry. And I, I felt very good about the vibe I had around go for media day and just being there this spring. So keep an eye out for those stories on the website, head over there right now and check it out. I spared you. I know how thoroughly disgusted you are with the soon to be AL central champion, Minnesota twins. Uh, as am thank I goodness. didn't have to talk about that. So we might be done talking about them for the year unless maybe in September, or early October, we'll talk about some playoff baseball. Should they actually hold on and win this crummy division. Daniel at Daniel House NFL on the, I guess we'll call it the X machine, which really sounds dirty. I might as well just say Twitter on the Twitter machine. Thank you so much, my guy. Thanks for having me, man. Daniel is back sometime in August with a official go for football season preview. That will do it for edition number 174 of the soon to be award winning Minnesota sports chat. Thank you so much for joining Patrick Royce next week on Minnesota Sports Chat. We'll talk then.